0: This is your IT Business Podcast, recorded live March 9th, 2022. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, friends, frenemies, campers. Welcome to the show. This is the IT Business Podcast. I am your host Marvin B. Tonight we are joined by my good friend Don Sizer. Hello, Don. How are you?
1: Hey, I'm good. How are you? It seems I, like uh, it's been forever since I've seen you.
0: It has been a while. You know, a whole year has passed. Well, not, a, ho- wrong, not a whole not a whole year. <laughs>
1: no,
0: we had it's the like, holiday show. It's
1: like, it's like a month and a half. <laughs> <laughs> <I know.
0: laughs> But it feels like more.
1: It feels like forever. It does.
0: It does. I had to take a little break. That was part of it. But uh, we are back. We are rolling. And I should let everybody know that I will be taking a break again next week. I'll explain why in just a little bit. But let me let everybody know this is the IT Business Podcast, your podcast for IT business support, where we help you run your business better, smarter, and faster Hopefully, we'll be able to do that again tonight. The show is presented by NetAlly. Wired and Wi-Fi testers that help network engineers and technicians better deploy, manage, and maintain today's complex network troubleshooting. So, they are the presenter. Our live show is also sponsored by Computers Done Right, managed service provider, here in Florida, A Florida Man, uh, providing 24-hour monitoring, managing, and or pr- problem resolution for the IT systems within a business. So thank you very much to our sponsors. Don, I should probably say uh, happy International Women's Day.
1: Yeah, that was yesterday.
0: Yeah. I saw you today, so I'm going to say it today.
1: Well, that's totally fine. It's totally cool. Yeah. We can still celebrate all week long as far as I'm concerned.
0: I saw that you were on another show, um, the ASCII Women's Group or something. Um, what else did you do?
1: Uh, so that was that was just an uh, article. Actually, Alicia wrote it. So mm-hmm. all I had to do was I just a little blurb, which was fantastic. So she gets all the credit for that one. And and I should do a huge shout-out, one, for Alicia because it is, you know, International Women's Day and all the things that she does for all the women in ASCII, which is a lot, like a lot, a lot. But two, she actually brought about the ASCII Women's Group um, about a year and a half ago. She started brewing this idea up, and it came to fruition, and she asked a couple of us to kind of join in and get some other women involved, and... You know, we hang out once a quarter and solve all the world's problems while we're there, mostly the business ones that we're all dealing with. But we like to think it's all the world's problems. But, yeah, she's she's really gone to bat for us in the ASCII group.
0: Well, very nice to hear. Yes, shout-out to Alicia. Actually, I I uh, had somebody ask me about ASCII yesterday, asked me if it was worth it, and I said, hell, yeah. <laughs> hell, does. yeah. It does, We can curse on this show, by the way. (laughs) Sweet. Um, Yeah, ASCII has been a great uh, resource for me. Uh, Got lots of discounts, got my insurance through them uh, when they had it back back in the day, I don't know, five, six years ago. And, of course, all the programs, all the conferences, and contact with some great people.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's how I think I've met a lot of the folks that I know through the – you know, as other MSPs, you know, you learn, especially the ones that are local to you if you're doing the conferences because they do them regionally. So it's nice to be able to pop out to a conference and meet a whole bunch of other business owners that are doing the same thing that you're doing, even if they're just, you know, down the street or, you know, a couple counties away.
0: Yeah. All right. Well, let's get to the show because I want to make sure we don't run out of time and we stay on track. So I asked Dawn to join me tonight. Because I had a little topic change that I wanted to do. And I've got these little notes that I've had. And I think I've had this note for two years.
1: Oh wow.
0: With a with the title, I quit, now what? (laughs) And so I wanted to talk about that tonight. But let me first set the groundwork of why I want to talk about it tonight. So after I did the podcast last week, we were getting ready for the weekend and stuff, and Thursday rolls around. And Thursday felt a little odd, and I found out why Friday morning one of my best friends that lives in the Chicago area passed away, and this was somebody that I knew from college and had been a pretty good friend of mine over the years, and if I had to point to the one person that helped encourage me in the starting of my business, it was this person, Her name is Amy Coons, and not only did she encourage me, she actually lended me money to start my business. And the way that I started my business is similar to your story, Don, although I gave my boss a week's notice. um, But basically I came in after talking with my friend and threw my resignation down on the table and said, I quit. And then it was like, oh, crap now i've got to you know this was years and years ago i was barely making any money i was i mean i was making enough i was paying rent and able to go out and party and stuff but i knew that that had to stop if i was going to survive but uh you know i've spent the last several days reminiscing and going back and i truly you know have to look back and give homage to to amy because to be fair, I probably would not have quit if it was not for her and started this business and Here I am starting my twenty fifth year and that's, you know, that's
1: huge that's yeah. such a huge milestone
0: so but um I thought let me let me get you on the show, and we'll talk about you know what it was like to just simply quit a job and start in a sense over and survive all this long because you guys have survived quite a while too.
1: Yeah, we have.
0: So for people that may not know, why don't you share your story of how you quit?
1: So long story short, um, my husband and I have worked together in a stream of businesses over, geez, since 1994. It's been a while. I hate to, I hate to throw that number out there. It makes me old. But we, we worked together through a number of companies, and we got to the last one before I quit, and I was harassed. It was miserable. It was toxic. It was just a bad, bad situation all the way around. And I finally had enough of it one day, and literally, I think I, my resignation was two sentences long. It may have ended with words that really, even though we can curse, I probably shouldn't say them here. Um, and left it on my desk. Is it a a
0: CeeLo version of forget you?
1: It is. Okay. It most most definitely is. Um, And I, and I walked, that was the end of it. And the next day my husband walked as well. And there we were, we were, you know, two people, no job, two children, a mortgage pay, you know, car payments, the whole nine yards. We had no money. We had no savings. We had no nothing. And we started the business. It
0: was so fun. that, I mean, that right there strikes me because, I mean, I left, and you're supposed to give two weeks notice. I gave one, and I thought I was being generous and kind, but it was, you know, something where even within that week, I wasn't quite prepared because I hadn't thought it all through. I, I mean, I thought it through, but, you know, putting thoughts down on paper and stuff like that, but actually sitting down and figuring out, okay, I have got to now start mapping out day, day, day in terms of what I'm going to do. You walked out the same day. Yeah. I'm so how did, how did that, I mean, I, <laughs> I mean, I know that there is a part of you that was like, it was just, you know, the last straw and that was it. But once you left and was driving home and that night, What set in for you?
1: It was freeing. I got to tell you, it was so freeing. It was the best decision I had ever made. And I would not hesitate to do it over and over and over again. It was absolutely the right decision. I mean, of course, there was a whole lot of, I have no money. (laughs) You know, (laughs) the realization of I have nothing. We have to go do something. And I mean, we knew this is what was going to happen. We just didn't know it was going to be that day. Uh, so we didn't have anything in plan in place. We didn't have plans. I mean, there wasn't anything going on. But like I said, the the workplace was so toxic that I could not stay. Just I couldn't. I I got so angry. I I think I actually started crying. It was it was a bad it was a bad situation because I don't I'm not a crier, ever. And it was it was bad enough that I I really got upset and I had enough and left. So, so we're sitting there that night and we you know had talked about it a little bit and I was like you know what it feels. It feels good. No. We're both okay with it. We'll figure it out.
0: All right. So another reason why I want to do these types of shows is I know that I speak to people who may be working full-time as a tech within another company, whether it's an MSP or they're working you know, as a systems engineer at a corporate office or something, and they're thinking about going out on their own and for whatever reason some of them just think they can do better some of them are frustrated uh like you and I were and it, it is it's interesting because i almost think it's easier now for people to quit their day job and start doing it than it was back when you and i did that so i quit my job and started this business in 97 when did you quit yours and start this.
1: Uh, two thousand five.
0: Okay. So, so tra-
1: tra- trailing a little behind you.
0: Okay. So I mean, back then there, you know, there was no MSP guides or booklets. There was no remote so- support software. I don't nope. think I did not know of any organized institution except for CompTIA and the certifications. So I didn't know about ASCII. I didn't know any of these groups exist. Um, Did you know about any of them?
1: I didn't know about any of them until literally about four or five years ago. So that should tell you kind of where we were maturity-wise. And number two, how quickly you can mature as an MSP, given the right um, groups around you, people around you, and information. It's, like you said, it is easier these days to get the information that you need to do well than it was back then, but I I guess I look at it too that it's harder in some ways now too because there's a lot more rules, there's a lot more things you have to do, security is a lot tighter, things have changed significantly, and I think there's a lot more I's that you have to dot and T's that you have to cross in order to keep your business afloat these days than you did back then. It felt, I don't know about you, but I think it felt more like the Wild West back then. Yes. (laughs) <laughs> than it does now.
0: Yeah, I mean, pretty much anything went. I mean, there was, yeah. there was no, I mean, there were maybe one or two companies in the area, but those models were all based off of a brick-and-mortar store that oh, yeah. also did on-site support. Because the whole reason I left the business, well, not the whole reason, but a big part of it was we were a computer store that did a ton of computer builds computer resales and service. We had a weekly auction on Saturdays. The the boss would, he'd actually, um, there was this computer trader magazine and he would literally scour that magazine to find companies that were dumping inventory and he would buy truckloads of stuff for pennies on the dollar and we'd bring them into the warehouse. We'd tear open machines and sell stuff out of our service bay as is. So we were selling, you know, 40 gig hard drives for 20 bucks, you know, selling yeah, monitors.
1: They were also the size of your lunchbox. That's so, true, you know. true.
0: <laughs> but one of the things that the customers were always asking us is, hey, I don't want to have to tear apart my computer and bring it to you. Can you come To my business, and that was the big part. We did the residential. He allowed us to do work after hours and on the weekends for home people. Businesses don't want to wait until Saturday for you to come, and then we worked Saturday, you know, twelve to five or whatever our hours were. I forget, but we did work part of Saturday, so it wasn't like we had a lot of time to do that. So that was a big thing, and I I saw this opportunity. I'm like, you know what? I'm gonna go and visit people during the day go to their house they'll pay more money
1: mm-hmm.
0: and it worked out so very interesting time now for people that are listening to this or watching at a later time and they're in that situation of i want to do this i i'm I, I think i'm ready but what is something that you could offer as a bit of advice in terms of when you know you're ready to do it, and what are the first steps?
1: Wow, there's so many different things. Uh, one, run the other direction at least three times till you're sure that you're ready to do that. And I see Chris has, uh, has popped in there about the Computer Shopper magazine. I was yep. thinking about that earlier too, which I was kind of cracking up about that. And it was. It was a tome. It was huge. Yeah,
0: so it was like a small phone book.
1: It was. It was. But, I mean, things that you should think about and there are – Do you know enough about business to run a business, right? Who are you friends with? Do you have an accountant friend? Do you have a lawyer friend? Do you have uh, a mentor, a business mentor? Things along those lines, I think, would be things that I would, again, if I had to go back and do it all over again, these are things that I would want up front to be able to successfully get started. And if I had the ability to know about places like the ASCII group and some of the other ones out there to be able to join ahead of time and learn from other folks, you know, what, what went good, what went bad, what was really ugly? What should I definitely not do? Cause everybody's willing to tell you the horror stories, right? Yeah. Cause we've all got at least 10 of them and not do those things. Cause that wastes time, effort, energy, and money.
0: Okay. So my takeaway and advice would be similar to yours. So mine was, and I just titled it, Know Your Numbers. And that was another title that I've got scribbled in notes that I would like to do a few shows on, is a lot of people nowadays, we get advice from everybody on, you know, how much you should be charging for this service and that service and what should your margins be. So we get a lot of advice out there. But a lot of times, what I did in the beginning is what, shouldn't do. I only counted part of the numbers. I figured out how much it was I needed to make my rent and pay for groceries. I didn't think about all the other stuff like taxes. <laughs> and, and to
1: be fair, everybody does that. Yep. The first one through, uh, there's a couple really good books out there that are generic to any business. One of them is simple numbers. That was a really good one that gives you a really good handle on what your numbers should be internally and how to structure your business around them and what you should be looking at daily, weekly, monthly.
0: All right. And do I you apologize.
1: Know, I, don't, I don't remember the name. Of, I'll look it up. because I don't okay. remember.
0: We will, uh, we will find it and have it listed in the show notes. Uh, there's a couple of simple numbers stuff. So if you were looking at a book now, uh, Profit First, by Mike Michalowicz is a good one. a good one. um, Especially as a business owner uh, to make sure that you get paid and uh, paid first. So that's a good one. Uh, There were some consultant books that I read back then, but one of the things that I had to attribute to my friend Amy is that we did sit down and talk about the numbers before I threw that resignation on his desk. And... (laughs) So the motivation for me was I went to business school. Oh, I shouldn't say business school. I graduated with a business degree. And so I thought I knew you know how to run a business. I you know took the accounting courses, business statistics, all that stuff. Half of which doesn't really matter for what we do. <laughs> but sitting down and going through the numbers and I had the numbers down and she would look at me and she's like so what are you waiting for? What's wrong? Just do it. And then she said, You know what you need. And she goes, It looks like you need about five grand to get started, right? And I said, Yeah. She goes, Okay, I'll have it to you tomorrow. And that helped me a lot. So, in terms of, you know, what you've got to do, folks, if you think you're ready and you've gone through all the numbers and you've gone through all the things that Don mentioned, you know, talk to some other people in the industry, talk to some groups um read some books. A lot of times you just got to do it. I know people that are in their jobs and they'll sit for 6 months, 1 year, 2 years. Man, I really hate it here. I just got, you know what? Just do it. You can always go back and get another job.
1: You can. And if you're if you're miserable, there's there's no point. I mean, if you're just going to a job and you're not enjoying it, there's no point.
0: Yep. Life is too short to be unhappy.
1: It is. It definitely is.
0: So, All right, so in those early years, now I know we have horror stories that we can share, but I want to ask you if you ever really got serious in terms of wanting to quit um, in year one, two, or five, and if so, what was it that pulled you out? You
1: know, I think... I think any business owner would be lying if they didn't say there's a little voice in the back of their mind every day saying, "I could just quit at any point. I can just I can just walk away, I can quit, I can sell, I can stop." Because it's not like as a business owner, you get to punch out at five o'clock. It doesn't get to end the way that it does for the average worker. So you know, did I have that? Yeah, absolutely. I think I had it a little bit every day. It's hard. It's really hard to start a business. It's not the easiest thing on the planet. It's harder when you have two children. It's harder when both of you that have to make money are in the same business. Everything is hard, and you have to choose your heart. And I'm sure everybody's heard that before, but you do. You have to choose your heart. And my heart was it would be harder for me to go back to a regular job because I'm a terrible employee, and I'm just going to throw that out there. And I didn't want to be somebody's employee. So
0: I chose my heart. All right. What do you think, because your company, now, if you want to blush, you can. But I think your company is probably one of the poster children for success within the ASCII group and and others. Um, Don't don't shake your head. (laughs) Um, But in terms of what you guys do, I mean, you guys, you know, you're growing. You've got large accounts. Um, you guys have a model that a lot of people want to to emulate. What do you think it was that actually turned the corner for you? What was the one thing that jump-started you guys?
1: So long, long so I'm going to throw some names out here. Um, long ago and far away, and it wasn't actually that long ago, but it seems like forever at this point. We got an invitation to go to IT. Uh, nation, the Connectwise thing down in Orlando. So we go down there, and this is one of those. Dave got to go to the conference. I got to go down as the the wife and hang out on the 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 wife pass essentially, and go to the show part of it, and you know the um just the 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 evening events essentially. And met up with a couple of other folks, really listened to what they were doing. And surprisingly, it was two fellas from the UK. One of them ran a business similar to ours, an IT, MSP, that kind of thing. But the other guy was a 3CX phone company. So we listened to how they were doing business, why they were doing things the way that they were doing it. And one of the things that we were looking at at that point was adding in uh, over IP. So the guy that sold 3CX walked around the showroom floor figuring out what was there, what we should, you know, really take a look at, and introduced us to uh, Giovanni and Myron from Greenlink. All right, great. So VoiceOver IP uh, onboarded into our company, and they invited us out to this thing called Exchange. So, okay, that sounds like a great idea. It's a convention for MSPs. Okay, I'll go. Holy crap. So, we learned a lot from other MSPs and other MSP owners. This is like the who's who of anybody that's really running a tight MSP and how to do it. And it's literally, if you want to see the poster children, this is it. So, get out there, and we have made some of the best connections, best friends in the business out there. Um, So Wayne and Joe and, and Troy, if you guys are listening, I mean, the advice that they have given us has been incredible and that's what grew our business. So one little thing from it nation turned into all of this. So, I mean, you never know what, what path you're really going to get from point A to point B on. And that was our path.
0: Now, that leads me to a question I was going to ask you a little bit later, but it sounds like you guys did it by going to these conferences. A lot of people that have been in the industry for a while, they, they're they at year five or at year 10, plateaued or getting burnt out or something like that, but it sounds like something clicked for you. And was it a pivot for you guys? Was it a, an awakening going to those conferences or was it just, you know, procedures and policies and operations?
1: So no, actually it wasn't. Um, We could have stayed as we were pretty much forever. We made decent money. There was nothing wrong with it. I wanted to grow. And my husband kind of poo-pooed the idea of growing because that was more issues, more problems, more costs, more, more, it, it's just more, yeah. and I'm you know exactly what I'm talking yeah. about. When more I say it. money, more, more problems, yeah. Exactly, and it was really funny. I was talking with um, Colin Knox the one day uh, from Gradient MSP, and I was like, so does it ever get better? And he's like, no, the more people you have, the more issues you get. And I was like, that's just, dude, why did you tell me that? <laughs> <laughs> Come on, man. Um. So it it doesn't get better, But that plateau thing, that absolutely does happen, and it happens right before you hit a million dollars, revenue-wise. You hit that plateau, and we had hit that plateau, and you have to decide at that point, are you going to grow, and are you willing to do what you need to do to grow? And that's higher on more people, maybe when you don't even have the money to do it, and you have to go find it, or you know, sell something different, branch out in another direction. There's all kinds of things that you have to do to get over that first million dollars. And that is a hard slog. It is a miserable hard slog to do that.
0: That sounds like that would be nights of consternation.
1: Yes. Consternation is a really good word for that.
0: Okay. Now let me ask this. Were you in your current building at that time or is this something no. that came later?
1: This was something that came later. So we, uh, we had been renting um, little areas, whatever it was, cause it was really only three or four of us at the time. Usually three of us. We had trouble keeping that fourth person because we didn't have policies. We didn't have procedures. We didn't have the entrepreneurial operating system. We didn't have, we didn't have, we just didn't have right. pretty much anything. Right. I mean like Zendesk, that was, that was our ticketing system. It was, it was bad. <laughs> it was all bad. <laughs> it was just all bad. Yeah,
0: but that was that was the bomb when you first got it, though, right? It
1: was. It was totally the bomb. We had we had ways to communicate with our clients, and we had ways to track things, and it was easy for us to you know see what was going on. And and there's nothing wrong with getting started there. Let's make that clear. Yeah, right? you got to start somewhere. Wrong with, you got to start somewhere. It's exactly right.
0: All right. So, how far? A was the building. I just want to get a time frame in that because that was a pretty big step for you
1: too, right? That was a pretty big step. So I think that was, geez, that was what, four, four, eight, yeah, it's all about the same time. So we started to like really grow and decided we were going to buy this building and we're literally closing on another one in about a month.
0: So oh, you found what?
1: We're adding two. So oh. yeah it just so happens that the building behind us came up for sale. So.
0: So you're going to have like the whole little corner, right?
1: One can hope.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Are you going to have the little train station too, where people can get on and off?
1: Oh, that would be so adorable. No, <laughs> the, uh, the historical society owns the train station or I would, that would be like, that would be amazing. Cause it is a cute little building.
0: Oh, so side note. I'm going to have to come up there one day and we're going to have to do like a little tour and
1: view, the, view
0: the compound. So do they do train rides?
1: They don't from here, but I can take you somewhere that does.
0: Oh, I, no, I want to train ride around your property. That's what yeah,
1: I want. Mean. Yeah. No. Well, I mean, I can probably make that happen. I'm pretty sure was it little takes has something we can, we can set up for you.
0: Oh, okay. That <laughs> makes me feel real good. Ah. <laughs> uh, all right, so so you said that uh, going to exchange it nation were the the eye openers for you. So that was similar to me, and it was around 2014 2015 was around the time that I started listening to podcast, and I started realizing that hey, there's people out there doing what I do, and these guys on the radio. They don't really sound that much different than me. I can I can do what they do. And so I started attending little conferences. And
1: When did man, you join ASCII?
0: So I didn't join ASCII until 2015.
1: Okay.
0: Yep. Uh, that was the year I did a whole bunch of stuff. I'd gone to Chicago. I went to the CompTIA Channel Con. Um, I met up with this group called PodNuts, all the podcasters and actually that was about the time let's see who was the company before solarwinds g ground dog or hound dog or i don't know but it was around the time that i found remote support that was better than what i was using before which was the go to assist and it just opened up the world that i could do more than just you know remote support i could do the antivirus and the web protection web protection i could do backups i could do all of that stuff and, you know, all of these MSP things that I could do. And I didn't have to, at least at the time, add staff. I mean, it literally doubled what I could do. Mm-hmm. And uh, then I just hired subcontractors from when I needed them.
1: So question for you then, were you an MSP from the start or did you, did you do the break fix thing?
0: Oh no, I was break fix. Okay. Okay i was i was hustling
1: so we have always been in um an m s p we didn't know what it was, but we've always been the m s p so we always had a contract with a fixed fee
0: so i did have so i did law firms almost from the beginning, and one of the one of the things that actually got me propelled so i started in ninety seven and in ninety nine the end of 98 beginning of 99 I had a law firm that was willing to pay me a retainer oh nice so I got that and that is what started me on this path of getting closer to MSP so I started getting the recurring revenue I would go to other law firms and they all you know retainer is one of those words oh yeah we're good with that and that worked but I didn't really fall into the MSP until, I mean, I want to say it started in 2012, but it didn't solidify until 2015. Okay. And I still, you know, so I am a little bit cautious with that word. I'm still, I'm, I'm a hybrid. I mean, I, I have MSP systems in place, but I still have some Breakfix clients. You know, I obviously don't have a help desk. Um. I don't have access to a knock.
1: But you're a different business model too than what we are. And that's yeah. There's nothing wrong with that either.
0: So I think, you know, that is something where I would say to people, if you're just starting out, look around at the different models and find what works for you and don't just simply take somebody's word for it just because they are in a certain group or, you know, they give you what this is the definition definition of MSP or MSSP, as uh, everybody wants to be now.
1: Yeah, the other thing that I would add to that is make sure that your insurance, whether it's E&O, cyber, whatever your liability insurance is, that it covers the model that you want to do, and follow it to the letter.
0: Is there a story there?
1: No, there's no... (laughs) There's no necessarily a story. It's just more a matter of if you did have an issue, you want to make sure that you are covered and your clients are covered because if you make a mistake and you get sued or you have to use your insurance, you want to make sure that you're actually covered.
0: You know, I need to do a checklist of things to do in the beginning. That's one thing we should do where, I mean, insurance should be right in the very beginning. You know, it should be attorney, accountant, general liability.
1: Insurance, yeah, you know, and then your cyber liability, yeah.
0: And and those can come later, um, but you definitely got to have at least the general liability. Um, I had to get insurance because when I registered with the city of Fort Lauderdale, I had to register as it was weird. I had to have two licenses: one to just simply be a business, and the second was because I was actually on the road, and so I had to get a business as if I was a service man. And those are two separate licenses. Oh, wow. So I had to have, and I had to have insurance because I was using my own car to transfer client equipment. So one of the riders on my business policy is the auto insurance, which also covers client contents if something happens.
1: Yeah, absolutely does. And for those of you that have employees, you need to make sure that your employees are actually on those auto policies too, because if they're driving your vehicles and they're not on the policy... It won't cover them.
0: Do you have vehicles or do your employees we, we all use we their have. own?
1: No, we, we have vehicles.
0: Oh, well, that's interesting. What made you decide to do that?
1: Uh, a couple of different things. One, um, signage. It's always good to have signage. I mean, okay. if you have mobile signage, that's fantastic. Um, two, we don't really want people driving their own vehicles around with client stuff in them just to make sure that if anything ever happened, you know, it's just not an issue. And that way we don't have to worry about, you know, people submitting for mileage and whatnot. They can just take the company vehicle and it's just covered that way.
0: All right. That's another show autos because (laughs) you're welcome. Thank you. (laughs) Cause there's a whole bunch of stuff buying and leasing and all of that. stuff. Oh my
1: gosh. You need to have, um, Rayanne on for that as an accountant, she can give you all the lowdown on what's good and what's not about buying, buying, leasing, or owning something outright. Uh huh. There's, there's, there's a strategy to all of that.
0: There is. And I, I've heard different ones And you know, of course, what's good for your house isn't good for your business, vice versa. So, yep. all right, I will actually, Rayanne and I have already exchanged emails for some upcoming stuff. So as soon as tax season is over, her and I will be hooking up. There you go. All right. So I think we've kind of gotten all the things that I thought we would get to. Is there anything that, because I know that the fact that you came early tells me that you were a little more prepared for this show than you <laughs> normally are. So do you have notes <laughs> that you maybe? I no. <laughs>
1: yeah. You think I'm running off a of note? I totally don't. I-, I have your notes up. That was it. And it was like, <laughs> your takeaway is know your numbers, which was good. And then there was like Dawn's story tip or away, and tipper takeaway, and there's nothing there.
0: Because so I-, I-, I I wanted to give you a little bit of leeway <laughs> to share your story. You know, I don't want this show to sound scripted.
1: <laughs> I stuck to the
0: script. You did. <laughs> you really did. I'm sitting there. I'm like, okay, next. Next. <laughs> Something's not right here.
1: (laughs) I know, right? No, I honestly, I think a lot of it is explaining that starting a business, one, it's not for everybody, and that's totally okay. Two, just because you did something wrong doesn't mean that it's wrong for you. It's just that somebody else doesn't particularly like it. We all make mistakes, and you'll get over that. Um, But do what's right for you. That's the big takeaway, I think, for all of this. Read as much as you can. Listen to other folks. Figure out, you know, where they did things wrong. That's the big stuff. Yep. Get a mentor. I think that's really the big one. I think we would have gone bigger, faster with a mentor and some backing with with some, you know, MSP group kind of things and knowledge. Geez, if we would have known all of this stuff was out here floating around, you know, 10, 15 years ago. Wow.
0: Let me ask one other question that wasn't in the notes, but how much do you think geography and location plays into the decisions you make, the growth that you're able to do? Because I know some people are almost in an area where they can corner the market and others are fighting just to be recognized, like here in Fort Lauderdale, there's there's too many techs down here, but what do you think about
1: that? And yes, it, de- it does depend on where you're at. There's no doubt about that, especially when you're first starting out because you're going to scratch for everything that you can possibly get. Right. And if there's already a lot of people in the market, you're going to struggle. If you're in a spot where you can get a foothold and get started, you'll do better just from that standpoint and have the ability to grow. Cause once you get to a certain point, again, once you get over that million, two million dollar mark, you get to the point of okay, so you can go from local to regional and then from regional to you know multi state or halfway across the planet, like where we are right now. I mean, we're we're not the whole way to California, but we're we're getting close.
0: All right. Well, folks, there you have it. Our stories of I quit, now what? And we didn't get too deep in the stuff. I didn't want to, you know, because a lot of these points, you could really drill down. And like I said, I'll probably work on putting together a checklist that um, somebody can refer to. And we just had a question pop up in the chat. After going out on your own, did either of you have an oh, crap, I messed up moment at a client's office? Ooh, interesting.
1: Everybody has those. I mean, and I'm not sure, Chris, which what you're actually talking about. Was it a, geez, I really shouldn't have brought on this client. Geez, I really shouldn't be here. Geez, I shouldn't have quit my job. Or, oh, I just made a mistake and I took your network down.
0: So, yeah, I've, I've had a couple of those. And when I did have employees, I had an employee that had one of those. And that was not fun
1: that's never fun. And I mean everybody makes mistakes and it's just a matter of how well you communicate and make the client okay because once the client is okay, you can recover from the mistake.
0: That is key. I mean, first of all, you you've, you've got to stay calm yourself. But let the client know, listen, it's a mistake, we can fix it. Now, obviously, if you're just starting out, you know, you don't know you can fix it. <laughs> you you've gotta be able to call somebody who can help you. Yeah. But um that uh those situations for me worked out really good and the one you know the good thing about the one major incident that I'm thinking about, I've had a tech at a client, four o'clock on a Friday, crap their server. And this was God, this is probably around two thousand, two thousand one. So backups weren't anything like they were now. We had backed up their data, but we had not done a system partition backup and no bare metal recovery or anything like that. Literally I had to go to that client's office and I worked till probably 11 o'clock on a Friday night, restoring their system drive and got them back up. And they were my client for quite some time until we, um, they kind of grew out of us. They wanted to have one company that could do, you know, everything. They wanted a company that could do their, their software for their database and their website and all of this stuff. And they were, they were a yacht design company. That wasn't me. So,
1: yeah,
0: but uh, it was a good thing. Um, Chris writes for me, I took a client server down in glorious fashion.
1: Yes. There's there's always a glorious fashion. Yes. Um, I know Dave's done that once. I may have done that once. Um, everybody's done that at least once. I mean, it's kind of like a rite of passage. You have to crash somebody's server at least one time. You have to. Maybe light it on fire.
0: So when I worked at the store, one of the things that I would do to the text that would work for me in the store is I would miss miswire a power supply because you know you, you gotta, gotta blow smoke up. one, one you time, got, yeah, yeah. You, you gotta do it so that's uh yeah some of those things are right of passages but of course do your homework <laughs> make sure you can recover and uh, we'll go from there all right so we're gonna go ahead and end this off and i'm going to make sure we get a segment that everybody has been missing because i haven't done it and it's not going to be quite in the news, but we are going to talk Florida man stories because um, there have been I some doozies.
1: Prepared. I came
0: prepared. <laughs> you did. So why don't you go ahead and start and tell us what your Florida man story is? Okay,
1: so my Florida man story—I could not not do this one. So Florida man in a porta potty was crushed by a bulldozer. <laughs> yes. In tragic incident. So it's it's terrible. I feel bad for Florida man in this case because, like, how do you explain that your loved one was literally crushed by poo? So Florida man working at a landfill uh, was killed Friday after the porta potty he was using was run over by a bulldozer. Police and fire rescue personnel arrived at the landfill after 5 p.m. shortly after an accident was reported. The poor gentleman who worked for a contractor hired by the county to work at the landfill was inside the portable restroom when another worker was driving the bulldozer up an embankment with the front blade rays obstructing his vision. Apparently, he never even saw the porta potty when he crushed it.
0: Yeah. Um, that's kind of a tragic one, but.
1: It, it's tragic and yet very Florida man at the same very time. Very
0: Florida man. So, my story. Um, basically, so according to the Florida Highway Patrol, a Sarasota woman drove through barricades and endangered participants in the Skyway 10K on Sunday morning. Now, I'm gonna have to post the video link for this because there is video.
1: video.
0: <laughs> yes, so according to this, so the Sky Bridge, first of all, it is a huge bridge that connects Sarasota um, south to Bradenton. And I travel this bridge. It's the one bridge I thought, if I had thought about it enough, I would go back in my Facebook feed because traffic was stopped one time for me on the bridge. And my phone decided to tell me, there is an accident ahead. You're still on the fastest route. <laughs> I'm like, I'm on the bridge. That's the only route. But it is a, I mean, it is a tall bridge. They built it so that yachts and stuff can go under it. And in Florida, that's a pretty big deal. So every year they run this 10K run that literally people go up and over this bridge. So here it was, 8.40 a.m. Sunday morning. The road was closed. There were barricades up. And a woman driving a 2011 BMW 335i was traveling at a high rate of speed and was about to hit hundreds of participants jogging or walking across the Sunshine State State Bridge. Officers attempted to stop her and continued, but she wouldn't stop. So two FHP troopers headed south on the northbound lanes, she was headed north, and used their vehicles to block the travel lanes before she could reach the populated sections the video shows the bmd and the trooper colliding the trooper literally pulled their truck in front of this woman to stop her and it was it was bad um the trooper actually had to go to the hospital that's how bad the accident was um actually let me do this let me see if i can at least show this picture and let you at least see for those of you that are watching the video and for Don here, here's my screen, too. Uh, but there is the front of the trooper vehicle.
1: Oh, wow. Yeah, so she did plow into that. It
0: was head-on and a doozy. And I
1: really thought you were going to tell me about the Florida man that was running from the police, so he hid on a golf course in the pond.
0: That happens all the time, though. <laughs> I mean, we have people that, that you know hide in the stream they hide in the canal under boat docks
1: i mean i was a little i was a little disappointed there were no alligators involved no no like crazy wildlife i didn't even see any that had any wildlife involved for a change
0: well i mean we've had i mean the porta potty was was huge
1: that that was yeah that was that was good
0: um let's see what other ones um, there was the naked Florida man caught on camera defecating on a neighbor's porch.
1: Yep. Saw that one.
0: There was.
1: And Dave uh, tried to get me to lead with that one and I was like, no, nah, I'm good. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, that's, that's almost, I mean that. So there was a couple of years ago on live PD, nonetheless, there was a Florida man who was going around and licking people's doorbells and handles caught on camera. All
1: right. <laughs> All right. Um
0: let's see. There was a teacher <laughs> accused of biting two students over a jar of pickles.
1: Well, I like the one that claimed he was Mick Jagger and mm-hmm. then the one that was throwing cookies. Yes. Yes. So I missed the one that was stirring cookies. I may have left with that one. Otherwise, uh,
0: There's the Florida teacher that got beaten up by her uh, class of five-year-olds.
1: Have you ever had a class full of five-year-olds? That could totally happen. <laughs>
0: so, uh, yeah. So a lot of Florida man stories, folks. And yeah. uh, thanks for playing. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Don, I want to say thank you for joining me on the show uh, as it's I mentioned, as I mentioned earlier, there will be no live show next week. So, um, my friend Amy, uh, her memorial will be either next Wednesday or Thursday. It is in Chicago, and I will be traveling. And her father has asked that I participate and say some words. So I will be traveling to Chicago. I probably will not have time to see anybody. So if you are in the Chicago area. Please do not expect me to come and see you and hang out and have a fantastic on time. This is uh, Amy. If you can list your top people, your closest friends on one hand, um, Amy is one of my top five. So this is. uh, It's been a trying week.
1: Yeah, it uh, sounds like it has.
0: Yeah. So we'll be moving on, but uh, we will continue. I'll be back in two weeks with a new live show. I might have an audio podcast uh, in the meantime. I did release one yesterday, and it was actually recorded last Friday. Shanna Uckard from Defendify was here in Florida. She actually came by the office. We had her over to the house for a real meal, and mm-hmm. she did the first in-studio podcast we actually did it in the new space which is supposed to be where my my podcast is but we don't yet have the sound barriers up we don't have the lighting just right and uh, so that's going to probably be another month or so before we get that area up to speed and i'll be doing the the podcast from there but shanna utgard was in studio and that got posted last night titled shanna utgard first All right, folks, thank you very much for downloading and subscribing to the show. Please check us out at itbusinesspodcast.com. There you can select your favorite podcatcher to catch the show. You can also find links to YouTube and the Facebook if you ever want to watch live. We are here most Wednesdays at 8 p.m. Eastern, and we are and hope to be the podcast for IT business support. That's going to do it for our show. Thank you again. And until next time, holla.